Hello, Rip City. To all of you here in town and in every corner of the interwebs, thank you for tuning in. We hope you're enjoying this beautiful Sunday, the 3rd of November. I am Keith Feltner-Smith. He is Ty Delbridge. What up? You are listening to the Podland Trailcasters, and you can find us at Trailcasters on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Also, we always appreciate those emails at trailcasters at gmail.com. And you can find our pod on iTunes, Google, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, anywhere that you find your podcast. And if you can't find us, please let us know. And we are always looking for what, tie. Five stars. Yes, sir. And these beautiful beats from Odar you can find at soundcloud.com slash odarbeats. Please support Odar and all the other beat makers and all the other local artists out there. Today's guest pods out of Vancouver on the Blazer Tag podcast, part of Big Head Media, and also now writing for Off the Glass, Ryan Witty Whitledge. Welcome back to the show, sir. How are you? I am doing just fine right now, as long as the cults keep this up. <laughs> yeah, starting off with the parlay bets as soon as we get going. We will get to that. We have a win-loss or tie coming around the corner here, and I'm going to stick with that cheesy-ass name. What do you think, Ryan? Is that is that a good betting segment name, win-loss or tie? Yeah, see? <laughs> uh, only, only if you do spell it T-Y. Oh, absolutely. So. It has to be done. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, we, the we universe will... demands it. We will get to w- WLT later in the show. There we go. You can get the acronyms in there to really sink that I in. I can roll with also, that. Hashtag WLT. Uh, shout out to our sponsors, Envy Adventures and Clearly Speaking. If you, like me, are coming in on, su- on a Sunday morning rushing and stuttering and being distracted by dogs and being cotton-mouthed and everything else, you should talk to Brenda Nuckton, one of our OG listeners over at clearlyspeakingoregon.com. She's a licensed speech and hearing pathologist, and she can help you with all of those things I just mentioned. She can help you with any sort of public speaking, any sort of fatigue or uh, accent reduction you're looking for, any any job that involves uh, um, communication in general, which is, I think, uh, a lot of our lives uh, overall. Would you guys agree? Do you communicate for uh, a daily basis, on a daily basis? I do communicate on a daily basis. I I talk to zero people. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say from the from the communication here, it might might be uh, might be a little lacking. Maybe we should all be speaking to Brenda over at clearlyspeakingoregon.com. Or if you just need to relax uh, on one of these beautiful winter days that is deceptively nice outside until you step out and realize how cold it is, you can talk to Corey over at Envy Adventures. That would be E N V I Adventures.com. Get up in the air all around Portland, all around the Northwest and the Gorge. Go see. Uh, Mount Hood, go see the gorge, go see some sand dunes, see our, our beautiful city itself, the cityscape and the rivers around town here. I would say that would be a relaxing trip outside of uh, uh, the, the zero-G loops that he'll probably take you on. No, not at all, unless you have Zero-G sure. loops. <laughs> have you guys been in small planes either? Either of you? No. Uh-uh. I have once. Ironically, it was a, it was an, a Ryan Air flight. Oh, yeah? uh, really? When I was over, over, in, over in Europe, I was visiting... Uh, my best friend when he was finishing up high school in Germany and uh, I graduated early. So I went over and hung out with him for about two months and we took a little puddle hopper ish plane from Germany to London for a weekend. Scariest plane ride I've ever been on in my, I swear half of that was held together by duct tape. (laughs) Well, uh, I had a, I had a, um, a friend in college that was a licensed pilot and he actually was a, a kind of a, what was it? Aerial acrobatics instructor. So he really knew his stuff about this, uh, this kind of stuff. He didn't tell me any of that though, until we were up in the air. So I'm a photographer. We were both in photo classes together and I had like my camera on my lap and we go up in this small little private plane that he has. Uh, and he goes up and just fully sends it in, us into zero G and my camera's like floating off my lap. And you just like instinctively kind of go into like the, the, the fetal kind of clutch position when there's like just total weightlessness that you didn't expect. So that's my only experience in small planes. And I'm sure Corey would not do that to us up in the air. Uh, but that's kind 
kind of what I'm what I'm predicting. I'm I'm seen as kind of like taking some dive bombs towards treetops and whatnot. So, uh, Ty, when you and I when we get up there for a podcast in in the plane from Envy Adventures, I think it's gonna be an, an interesting pod. Lots of screaming on my end, hopefully. Uh, and I'm ready uh, lots for of it. laughs when we land. Yeah, there we go. All right, well, that's enough uh, rambling by me about sponsors. Let's move on and talk about the Blazers themselves. Uh, I think uh, I don't really want to worry too much about the social media stuff this week. Let's just get into game review. We started off uh, on the road against Sacramento Kings, like Ty, you pointed out on the previous take when I was all freaking out here. Uh, We talked about that game last week, but we did not yet have the Dallas game to talk about. This was a 121-119 to victory. Pretty close, pretty clutch. Luca and Chris Apps were playing pretty well overall. I'd say biggest highlight for me in this, I saw CJ past Wes Matthews for second on Portland's all-time three-pointers, uh, three-pointers made list. He, uh, let's see, Dame is in the lead, and then we got CJ, Wes, uh, Terry Porter, and Batum. What I found really interesting is that CJ passes Wes at 827, and Dame has 1,513. So he's got a, a, bit, of a bit of a gap there between the first bit and second. Bit of a journey. Place. Where's uh Where's my boy Rudy on that list? Is he still in the top ten? Uh, top ten? I don't know. I got top five in front of me. Uh, Batum has seven fifty one. <sighs> Porter is seven seventy three. Rudy, Rudy's? I don't know. Was he around five hundred? Maybe he might be still top ten in there somewhere. I don't know how I kind of curved uh, down I into need, that. I need I need my boy Rudy in there. That was my first ever autographed jersey that I ever had. Rudy Fernandez. <laughs> nice man, Rudy. Uh, I think my wife actually has a Rudy jersey in her closet right now as well. She uh. She got kind of uh, a little frustrated with Jersey buying at one point because she felt all the players that she got were players that would then end up having injuries or rotation issues. She had uh, she had Rudy, she had um, uh, Marta Webster, Myers Leonard. Although Leonard obviously lasted out, I think he was the the high point of the of her jersey collection. Maybe. Uh, but That's why I don't buy NFL jerseys anymore. Every <laughs> time I buy an NFL jersey, the player is up for a contract. Oh man, yeah. Please don't buy any Blazer jerseys either. Then I, I would I would like to keep most of our roster as is for now. Or I don't know, maybe. Oh, okay, well. Well, I got a Dame jersey, but that's autographed, so that's what? that's never in the he's, rotation. He's locked so. in too. He's not going anywhere. He's not going anywhere. He's locked. How about Dame though in that Dallas game though? Let's uh, zero this back in a little bit. He scores only two points in the first half, and then I think like twenty six or something, twenty six or twenty seven in the second half. Uh, he definitely came on, and I feel like we're going to see a lot of that this season as far as Dame having to maybe really turn it on and carry the team uh, down the stretch. Would you guys agree? Yeah, I think that's his role. Um, I would like to see him maybe be this aggressive that he is in fourth quarters, like in the first, second, third quarters. I don't know what it is. Saving it for the end. I mean, like I know Dame time is a real thing, but if he can start hitting shots early in the game, so that way he doesn't have to score 16 straight points and will the team back. And because I mean, by the time game 55, 60, 70 rolls around, he's going to be exhausted if he's already doing this by game six, five. Ryan, I know you've. uh I know you've uh, kind of had some mixed feelings on the on the coaches challenge stuff before, right? Uh, uh, yes, and I don't care if it was successful. I still <laughs> hate it. But part of my part of my thing with it too is that I'm also I'm confused by it because I and I think it's kind of all of us being let being led astray by broadcasters, whether it be Portland Broadcasting or or ESPN or TNT. Uh, we are kind of led to believe that the coaches are supposed to make it independent of player what players say or anything or, or assistant coaches yet you know with Stotts he's come out now this is in two challenges where he said one I'm not going to trust Kent Bazemore anymore <laughs> and I believe that was a preseason challenge and two then he's saying no Dame told me flat out didn't foul him all right turned out it was or it was true so I'm going to trust Dame so I, if they're able to make it with input from the players then I'm fine with that as long as Stotts maintains 
um, the bar that he's set of that, you know, burn me once. I'm not listening to you again. <laughs> doesn't matter how much you tell me you didn't foul him. If you obviously did and you're going to lie to me, I'm not going to believe you. I think that's so, what Jason I mean, Quick wrote an article about that, right? Like about trust or something that with this coach's challenge is a big deal and that he talked to the players like, are saying like don't come up to me and say that like you didn't foul like when you know you might have fouled them like i need you to know for sure so yeah i think he's gonna keep that bar trust me or or like i'll trust you but yeah like you burn me once and that's done yeah exactly because i i believe a quote that he had in there in that quick article was because uh, every nba player never believes they fouled anybody in their entire life. <laughs> right of course yeah. well what about the whole uh the thing at the end so so Damien was coming down with a swipe on, I think it was Dorian Finney-Smith, I think is the guy's name. Or at least mm-hmm. it's Finney-Smith. Yep. Uh, and uh, after the swipe, whether it was a foul or not, the ball goes off Finney-Smith pretty clearly on the review and then out of bounds. The way that this uh, this whole challenge works, though, is once they overturn the call, nothing that happened after is acceptable, and so then it turns into a jump ball. So, yes, they, they overturned the thing. It wasn't a foul on Dame, but what I'm trying to say is this should have been... If, if they can go back and see that it wasn't a foul on Dame, shouldn't they also be able to see that, oh, he swiped down, and then it went out off Finney Smith, blazer ball. Why does it have to be a thing where it then goes to jump ball, where it could kind of negate the whole benefit that we have of getting the call right? For that, it, uh, their reason behind why they do it the way they do it makes complete sense to me, because... They they can't do they can't change anything after the whistle was blown. So they blew the whistle while the ball was still on the court. It had not gone out of bounds. No player had bumped it out of bounds or anything like that. As soon as the whistle sounds, a play is dead. So a player's reaction to anything doesn't count. So they have to go back and not only review the call to find out if it was the correct call or the incorrect call, they have to go back to review it to find out the time that was on the clock and that point in time in which the whistle blew. So if they had blown the whistle late, if the ball had already been out of bounds, then everything up until that whistle is still reviewable and still able to come into play. Okay, now that's interesting. I I didn't know about that. So dead ball situation doesn't matter. Ball's dead, still in play. They have to jump it. Okay, that is actually interesting. So you're saying if it had been a late whistle, uh, even if they had called foul and then it was challenged the same way as it was, if the whistle itself had been blown later, maybe let's say after the ball had gone out of bounds, it could have been a thing that was overturned for Blazer Ball? Correct. Interesting. That That's that's how I interpreted the, uh, uh, the NBA's release of that and kind of like their rules or whatnot. But okay. as soon as a whistle is blown... That's when the ability to challenge and change things is that's that's where it stops. And there was no clear possession by anybody. Like there was no like Dame had his hand on the ball while it was on the ground or they had their hand on the ball while they blew the whistle. It was just there. So, yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and I, I agree that most of their explanation as far as why it went to jump ball, I did think it made sense for most situations. The idea of like if, if you can't really tell what would have happened next and, you know, if the play stops the end of the whistle, like you said, Ryan. But that's an interesting detail as far as if the whistle is blown a little late. I, I almost wonder if maybe we see more late whistles blown as this gets incorporated. Who really knows? I, I, I do think the other big aspect, though, as far as the challenges is the time consumed. The whole point, I think the whole concern, right, again from Ryan and something you've raised before on the pod, has been about how much more time is this going to waste? And and the other, uh, there are efforts being made to expedite the games and, and the officiating process, so it would be, it seems like it'd be frustrating to kind of maybe add more challenges. Like, I think the one challenge is kind of stupid, but if you add more, yeah, how much more time are you adding to the game? I'm a little frustrated with how they've handled this so far because it does seem like the challenges are taking a lot of time uh, and it feels like that is going to discourage it long term, at least from the fan perspective. But 
am, am I wrong to think that you could uh, you could speed this up going through kind of the the ref HQ, like kind of the the central over in Sakakis and all that, and it, it just seems like it doesn't need to be this slow of a process, right? Um, yeah, like you would think, but I mean, like it's the same thing like with the NFL, and they've been doing it for years, and they've still really yet to figure out a good way to do it. So I, I don't know if the NBA will figure it out. It's always going to be time consuming because they have to look at. The clock, they got to look at where the ball is. They got to look at if it was a bad foul, how much it's all this stuff. So, I mean, yeah, it's going to be time consuming. Forget the NBA. We're going to solve the, it right the, here. Ryan, tell us the full solution. Right I was going to say, and the, <laughs> the, well, the thing I've noticed, I, I haven't had a problem with it when it's been late in game situations, but that's because in those late game situations, so many calls are already automatically reviewed or they go to that review that, that it seems like the the crew back in Secaucus is already queued in. Like, all right, we're under like two and a half minutes or whatnot. So they're already like pretty much hand on the phone waiting for the, for the, uh, the bat phone to, uh, to ring. Um, it's, it's kind of when it comes into play in the middle of games or, or, you know, like halfway through the second quarter or halfway through the third quarter. Those are the times where I'm noticing it take an extra long time that's when i have the issue with it so but i'm 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 at least glad the nba's for as much as i don't necessarily like it i'm at least glad that when they said they're going to try it they said here's our here's our test season so they're willing to completely abandon it if it doesn't work this year see you're the second person that has said that and i don't see that happening i don't see this I, i i see this more of a pandora's box thing i don't think you can really put this back once you've taken it out because there, as much as there is a section of fans and, you know, just NBA, uh, the audience across, uh, <laughs> oh, I see the game is not going so well, Ryan. I assume you're not that mad at us. <laughs> no, no. Steelers touchdown. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. okay. Uh, hooray bets. Oh, uh, yeah. Anyway, um, there are fans that definitely are that worried about the game being slowed down and would be willing to have this taken out. I just don't see the NBA going that way because I feel like there are just as many fans out there that are really passionate about wanting the calls right, wanting to get this right. And I do think... Already we are seeing calls overturned and you're seeing challenges successful. If you put this out across the whole season, all the uh, different teams, I think this is going to be something that does overall improve officiating. It's just going to be a a matter of streamlining it in the long term. I believe right now the amount of calls overturned are less than 50%. So the only way that I could see that the NBA completely buying in and keeping this is if there was a very high turnover rate. And that's when they would get a lot of the fan buy-in on like, okay, yeah, no, they're making a concerted effort to get calls wrong. But when these challenges are coming out, is basically a 50-50 crapshoot call. How is that any better than a ref blowing a whistle in the heat of the moment? Oh, I know. I, I would definitely play. say if it's 50-50, I would still say that's too high, man. If, if, it, if there's a 50-50 chance that these calls in the end of a game are wrong, you absolutely need to be making the effort to get those right. And I, I think that is something fans could argue over, but we'll see how it goes down the rest of the season. Thank you for letting me bog down the first game review in a great kind of little side tangent there. Let's go on to the second game of the trip. Wait, hold on, though. Hold on. You're missing. You're missing the most important thing to come out of that game. What's that? Uh, Who 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 started? Who started off excellent on Christoph Porzingis? I'm already trying to just. My brain is just trying to write it off, man. I'm trying to forget all these horrible things. Poor Zach. The uh, the start of the the already. uh, How about poor anybody taller than six nine on the (laughs) roster? (laughs) Right though. Yeah, man, the injuries are adding up quick. Yes, but the, the, it did start with Zach dislocating his shoulder in Dallas. That was a rough, uh, a rough start to the week's games for sure. And now it comes out that he's going to have surgery, and there is yes. no timetable yet. So, yeah. We'll do you think? Do you think the Myers Leonard shoulder uh, dislocation that he had a couple of years ago is playing any part Lesson in learned. Zach yeah. choosing, I, I think or or the team choosing to go down the surgery route right now? Yeah. 
I, I think it definitely does. Uh, I'm assuming you also saw the quote from Casey. Let me just read this for any listeners that didn't. Casey mentioned about uh, Zach choosing to have surgery or his camp choosing for him to have surgery. Casey says, Myers Leonard dislocated his shoulder in 2015, missed seven games, came back, played about 50 games, dislocated it again, and then had to have surgery. Sounds like Zach, uh, sounds like with Zach Collins, they're going straight to surgery, which is almost always an, an inevitability with shoulder dislocations. That's an interesting detail at the end there. I didn't really realize that shoulder dislocations were uh, inevitable for surgery. I thought it was more something that people did kind of work through uh, in the long term or just have to kind of deal with something when it came up or trying to like uh, work their way around it. But yeah, that's uh, maybe it is good news that they are choosing to have surgery now, but it also does kind of uh, make you feel a little concerned with how uh, when this did happen, when this happened in Dallas at the start of this road trip, and they saw doctors immediately with the MRI. The uh, I think the quote put out by Stotts or by the team was, we're going to wait and have other doctors take a look back in Portland as if you needed a second opinion, as if you didn't trust what you saw in the MRI, which probably was not a good sign from the very get-go. As soon as I heard that from Stotts, I knew that we weren't going to see Zach for, for about a month or whatnot, that yeah. it was probably going to need surgery. Another part of that opinion comes from the fact I've had shoulder issues. I've, I've had a dislocation, it, and it, I didn't do anything for it it ended up leading to a rotator cuff tear that's still something that i deal with now in my life and this is 10 years ago i had that injury but anytime you like dislocate the shoulder how it just moves all the muscles around uh, over over that bone and kind of shifts like even if it pops back into place you still even if it's it's not like going in and repairing a tear it's just kind of making sure that when it was popped back in all those muscles and ligaments are kind of in that same area that they're supposed to be right, right. so i mean surgery shouldn't be heard in this case like oh my gosh freak out it's going to be super invasive and all that kind of stuff they could just be going in and, and making sure that hey okay this is all this is this is all layered where it needs to be maybe we need to get in and kind of twerk this ligament to go back in this spot, that kind of stuff. So uh, I, I want to circle back to the injuries in a second because we do have a few other ones to talk about, but let's wrap up the game review here first. Uh, <laughs> a few. <laughs> uh, after Dallas, we were in San Antonio, a close loss. We lost 110 to 113. This, much like the Denver game and much like the Philly game, which we will talk about in a second, seemed like it could be a victory in my opinion. It didn't seem like it was out of our control or out of our hands. Uh, at, the very least, at the very least, we weren't out of the game uh, at any point. Until the very end, it seemed to kind of start to well, slip away from us, and then Dame tried to pull off some heroics. His shot was, when you see it from some camera angles, it was like halfway in and then still managed to bounce out. And he, uh, what I loved about it was Dame did not look disheartened. He had a very kind of like wry smile after the shot on the side as if like, man, worked that hard and came up that short. Like, you know, like let's say, as we can all probably relate, when you lose a bet, when you lose a bet where maybe you uh, had a little much riding on it or maybe a bet that you probably shouldn't have taken, but you were just hoping it paid off and it didn't. And, you know, sometimes you just got to smile and shake your head and move on. I kind of feel like that was Dame's reaction. Do you guys agree? Yeah, I mean, he's hit two big shots in his career. He's hit bigger shots than this. This is game five, six of 82 next season. I mean, he's been here, done this. So, like, for him, like, this is what he says, like, when he hits the shots. Like, you have to be able to miss them like this and then also hit them like this. Like, I mean, I mean, that's why he doesn't get too high, like, when he does hit these shots. He goes, that's what I do. And then, like, when he misses it, he goes, well, I missed it, but I expected it to go in. So, yeah. I think that's and just it looks him. pretty he good, just, man. Yeah, he was, I well, mean, he was right there, so... And part of his in his post game press conference, uh, this was actually, I'm gonna say probably a little the most down I've seen him be about missing a shot. But that's because he made the statement that uh, he doesn't miss twice. And yeah. earlier 
he had he had the three that he completely bricked out <laughs> and he's like okay that didn't that didn't go all right i got the next one well it came down to getting the next one and that was as made of a missed shot as i've ever seen in my entire life and dame was just kind of like i don't miss twice so like i can't explain it but that's not me uh, i can i can take missing once but missing twice i don't do that Hopefully next game we have against uh, San Antonio, he will uh, make up for it in that point. The next game we had on the road trip was against Oklahoma City, a 102-99 victory. Uh, so we got another tight uh, squeezer of a game, uh, but we got this one to fall in our favor. I got to say, that one of my big takeaways from this one before, again, we get to another unfortunate injury on the Blazers roster, CJ needs to work on his passing. I, I know it's seven not... Seven turnovers you in that game? You think? It's seven turnovers <laughs> in that game? Ridiculous. Did he have seven on his own? Is that, is yeah. that right? My I, God. I, yes. I think it was that game or the Spurs game, but he had a game where he had seven turnovers on his own. It probably was. It, at least in the, in the third quarter against Oklahoma City, he had like three bad passes in a row where it's just like, why are you even trying to force that, man? Uh, there One was like a two-on-one break, and this should these should be easy buckets, and he's trying to make it too difficult or maybe he just maybe this is an early season thing maybe this is just, he's just been off having to shake off the year, rest I've seen, like, I've seen like he's been off he's it's funny to me because I swear I heard multiple interviews or even him on his own podcast talking about that he really wanted to work on his passing and playmaking abilities it is was he <laughs> with us had was, was it a joke <laughs> yet to see it. I've never I've never seen CJ be more of a black hole on offense right. and it's kind of it's kind of one of those things where it's like well when he's got it cooking then yeah feed the hot hand and we're not necessarily mad about it but there was a play and I, not to necessarily jump ahead in games but there was a play last night in this Philly game where I want to say Scal was wide open yep. cutting down yep. the right side exactly and CJ about. CJ dribbled right into like two guys and it's like he has horse blinders on <laughs> and it's just it's frustrating and you want to yell at the screen he's but, so confident yeah, uh, uh, and he's almost too confident at this point. Like he's just like expects his shots to go in. So then like so then like when he's cold, he wants to shoot himself out of it, which does not help the team because that's what shooters and scorers need to do. They need to find a rhythm and he just can't find a rhythm during the games and it it's hurting the team at some points. Okay. Yeah, I mean you you go you go back and you look uh, cuz he's putting up decent points, but he's he's almost at a point per shot. Yeah. At, at which point then that's to the detriment of the offense. And he shoots super quick in the shot clock like Yeah. I mean yeah. like he grabs it and he'll shoot it at like 17 16 or like on a fast break he just takes it down and like shoots it on a 3 on 1. It's like, "Okay, just just bring it back and then I'll wait for your guys to go up." But he just like tries shooting a floater that goes out and it's just kind of frustrating. I I hope he figures it out because not a good start to the year for him. Yeah, I think he could do better for it. And let me mention uh, the the one other horrible part about the game in OKC is that air raid siren that they play every time that uh, one of the opponents fouls. Did you guys hear that? The, they have a ridiculous like air raid, and then some weird thing every time one of the bla- uh, any every time that we get. I guess, yeah, every time one of the opponents fouls. That was extremely annoying. And there's nothing else to talk about in the game, of course. Yeah, okay. Well, I, know. All right. uh, I know, I know. Uh, I'm uh, just... <laughs> uh, there, there's nothing else, but on this air raid siren, I'm going to I'm gonna give you two other... No, okay, we'll leave the Spurs out of this because they're notorious for pumping in loud music, so right. we'll leave that out. Uh, what's more annoying, the air raid or the Miami Heat dose for the last two minutes? <laughs> dos, I'm a dos. <laughs> <laughs> I me, I ha- game. And that always used to play during the video game on 2K, and it stuck in my brain. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, every time, I swear to God, it gets down to like two minutes and 30 seconds, I mute the game until it gets after the two-minute mark. I can't take that announcer yelling dose. 
anymore. Dude, I, 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 that air raid thing was just killing me, though. And I can't believe, though, you guys are going to let me get away with saying that was the only other bad part about the game. We're just going to uh, not talk about Hassan's No, uh, we knew injury. you were going to We knew <laughs> yeah. you were gonna backtrack. You're a better podcast host than that. No, I was trying to... I, my my jokes are... Look, my, my comedy is just uh, it's just on fire this morning, okay? It's just over your guys' head, obviously. It's not falling flat. It's way over your head. It's just... Okay, that's all I got. Well, I'm not here for your comedy. <laughs> I'm here to stare at your pretty, pretty face. Well, that is... Uh, I don't know what you're looking at this morning, man. I'm a... Uh, this is this is certainly a bright and shiny one for me. Let's talk about Hassan. Uh, is it, it's being called a hyperextension of the knee? Is that right? Is that the latest uh, latest title as far Kurt, as this? I think so. That's what he Kurt, said right after the game. Uh, no, sure. but no, no. I thought it was it oh, was bone bone bruise. Yeah, last night they put bone bruise. Oh, for Hassan. Yeah, or for he was listed knee? as. It, it, for Hassan, okay. he was he was listed out for a left bone bruise. So that is a little more concerning. Uh, hyperextension, I feel like in general is not something that like you, you don't think it's to be a long term uh, injury, something to worry about. And we the initial impression was that Hassan would be available for the game against Philly last night. Uh, so maybe this uh, fact that it's a bone bruise is part of why he was held out more. And bone bruises, as I don't think obviously if that's all we've heard, we probably don't know too much about it yet. But that can be a sign of something a little uh, a little deeper, more difficult to to get past. So. Again, I not, saw not, somewhere not they're luck. expecting him to play. I think Monday on the okay. road at the Warriors. Yeah. Fingers. I bet you they sat him out because, like with like with no dwell and bead for the Sixers, they realize okay, if we don't need. Maybe not yeah, well, I was thinking that exactly. Too, even even though the Sixers <laughs> are super long, super tall, if Embiid was going to play in that game, if he didn't get his suspension for his boxing brawl, and <laughs> I maintain I have zero clue how Ben Simmons was a peacemaker. Yes. Uh, oh but, my God. Let's let's talk about the. Yeah, but, go ahead. Uh, but but if Embiid if Embiid played Hassan would have played that that's that's my theory. I agree with you on that and yeah I this I, in fact I think we were talking before uh, with uh, Varun Bose last week was it uh, Joel Embiid that we were saying would be uh, Hassan Whiteside's real, real, first real challenge uh, in Portland uh, other yeah. than the Denver game against Jokic. Yep. Uh, yeah. So well yeah because they have history they've beefed for how long right. Yeah. You can go you can go back find it on on the on the Insta I believe as the young kids call it. The IGs. But yeah, hey, look, they didn't beef like uh, Embiid and Carl Anthony Towns did the other night. And so let's just talk about that fight for a second. Both Embiid and Towns were throwing punches midcourt. Not really sure who started what. Uh, both suspended two games. Oh, Cats, Cats started that. Cat what? Started Cat started with force. a little finger he put on him? Did you see that that freeze frame at one point or another where like there's there's one shot of Embiid like coming back like he'd been punched and like literally like Cat's uh, fingers just sitting on his wrist? I know that's not the whole fight. I'm just saying. Yeah, but... Yeah, but and I did not buy for a second with him being the offseason saying he was done with the immature stuff and all that crap. You knew he was just a powder keg ready, waiting to go off. Yeah. I guarantee you that the game leading up into that point, him and Cat were jawing back and forth at each other. Cat probably threw out something about his mom and, or whatnot because, you know, the Minnesota locker room is, you know, they have a history. <laughs> yeah, they, it, it definitely uh, it got rough quick, though. The two big guys go to the floor, and Ben Simmons, like you mentioned, he ends up on top of Carl Anthony Towns with him in a headlock. There's all this talk about how Ben and Carl Anthony Towns are friends off the court, and so, hey, he was just playing Peacemaker. He was just holding him out. But for real, like, you can see... I've never broken up a fight with friends by putting somebody in a freaking chokehold. I know, I know. Like, and causing I, them, and causing them, if you see the backwards, uh, the backwards camera angle, causing them to flail their legs like a little schoolgirl. Well, and even at one point, like Anthony Towns is underneath him, and he's trying to get up. He slams his hand on the ground. You can see him going, "Get off me!" Uh, this was not friendly, man. I don't understand. I, first, I don't understand how Ben Simmons didn't get anything for that. And second, I don't understand how these guys just get two games. Like, that was a... You, like, you get... I think... I don't remember who it was. It might have been Yusuf Nurkic, actually, that pointed out 
that CJ got a game just for stepping on the court, and these guys get two games what for, like, eight throwing... Eight steps, eight steps. <laughs> eight steps onto the court, but these guys are throwing multiple punches, going to ground, causing complete uh, chaos. Like, I, like, when was the last time we saw a fight this size in the NBA? I don't know. But I think that the league wants this now. Maybe they are okaying more physical play by allowing only a two-game suspension. They're like, you know what? Maybe we'll bring back a little bit of this roughness. That's what I'm seeing from it. Also, I saw that the Timberwolves said that Ben Simmons was also a peacemaker, and I think the only reason they did that was because they have a West Coast trip going right now. Hold up. Timberwolves had something I thought at first they were like really upset about that. I thought they were, they were fuming nope. about the whole peacemaker thing. It was thing. both it's parties nope. came out and said that he was a peacemaker, and that's, that's when garbage. the Sixers come play us, and they come play the Suns next. So they didn't want Ben wow. Simmons to be out as well because that's a big three for us. So. Wow. little gaming so shit. I, now, now, as far as this suspension goes, because um, we're all big followers of the interwebs and the Twitterverse and whatnot, a lot of people freaking out that Embiid got his two-game suspension because, and they believe that when it comes to an Eastern or Western Conference road trip, that you shouldn't be suspending star players, that the star players should be suspended for their home games only. That is garbage. Because say that... Because, say, there's a 76ers fan out here. I I believe I saw there was a tweet from a guy complaining that, you know, they moved from Philadelphia for work, and his 10- or 11-year-old son is a massive Sixers fan and a massive Joel Embiid fan. And so he bought tickets to the game when it started so that his son could see his favorite player, Joel Embiid. And because of this stupid league policy, his son is now... I mean, I'm not able to see his favorite player the only time he comes out to. I get it, but this is the same thing that we talked about. Until the championship. This is the same thing we talked about with load management, though, where it's like it's, it's the exact same issue of you can't. If we're going to allow load management, you can't say that players like the, the idea that they are going to not serve a suspension during their next couple games. This, this is like you said, Ty, this is just going to allow players to feel more like it's okay to get this back in there. Maybe that is what the NBA is looking for. Maybe we are trying to make this more of a UFC-NBA crossover combination, uh, which maybe yeah, I'm but, not yeah, super but the, opposed to. But, but the NBA is trying to uh, tamp down more and offering harsher penalties for the load management, especially on national televised games or East Coast, West Coast trips. So, Ugh, minus Kawhi Leonard on his last load management, you know, in yeah. a TNT game. Kawhi, yeah, wrestling on a national load manag- game. What was it? Load management slash knee? Yeah, knee on the front end of a back-to-back on a national TV game. Yeah, love it. Okay, let's uh, let's zoom back in, talk about this Philly loss real quick. Uh, 120-129 when Philly came in here last night. This looked awesome. We were up by 15 to 20 points for a lot of the game, uh, looking really good. And this is even with Embiid suspended and with Whiteside sitting out and Zach Holland sitting out. I was loving what I was seeing from Hood. I was loving what I was seeing from Mario. I wasn't even that upset with what I was seeing from Anthony Tolliver. So it was, it was feeling pretty good uh, overall. And... Oh, my God. This is, it's, I mean, I don't know what the bigger story is here, that all three of our losses now, Denver, uh, Spurs, and Philly, have been games where we should have won, where we were far ahead and then gave up by, like, a small, just couldn't hold together at the end, or if the bigger deal is uh, is possibly losing Hood for a length of time. What do you guys think? Is, are, are you worried about how the Blazers can't hold together games in the end right now, six games in, or are you worried about uh, Hood with a, uh, uh, what it, or we're saying is he a, uh, was it thigh or knee that Hood's injury ended up being? Knee. He had knee on knee contact as well. Knee contact. I'm not worried about them. It's game six. I've been saying it, I guess, a couple times around the pod. They're a new roster, new lineups. Guys are still trying to figure out. Stotts is still trying to figure out who fits best where, who can be in during the time crunch, who's going to switch screens better, who's going to get 
score better, who's going to shoot better in minutes. I think he's still figuring out that. Uh, it sucks. I mean, that was a good shot by the 76ers. It happens. It's a professional basketball player. He's going to hit shots. I mean, can't do much about it. I liked what I saw from Simons on that three. I think that gives him confidence going forward now. That, And then I think that's a positive. That will make him think, oh, man, like I can score in the clutch. I can do stuff. Or this team believes in me. So that will help going forward. And I think Hood being hurt is the worst impact because now that could affect games now that could affect future games for win-loss records so i would i would probably have more concern if it if it weren't close games because also in my mind you got to look at the wins too the wins aren't blowout wins that's true we haven't blown anyone out so for and in all honesty sitting at three and three for as many close games as we've lost we've won just as many that's very true so um i'd be yeah i'd be more concerned if if we are getting our asses handed to us by 20, 30 points, if we are seeing a lot more of the open open three-point shooting and hot shooting that the Denver Nuggets got on opening night. Right. Um, even though it was a loss last night, Philly minus Embiid is still a damn good team and still a big team. I mean, what they finished with 84 points in the paint last night, yeah. I believe. Yeah, So like that. the fact that... And they still the have fact Al that Horford. I mean... Yeah, the fact that we're fielding nobody taller than 6'9", and we're able to lead for all but the last eight seconds of this game, I'm going to take that as a win. Mario Hazonia, he's played like crap for most of the year. This was a very good game for him. Anthony Tolliver, it looks like his shot is finally, you know, maybe tracking in the right direction. Noah might allow him to start talking about their shot tracking system again, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and and Rodney Hood is is a forward that we finally don't have to worry about when he's handling the ball, driving into traffic or trying to create his own shot. And when's the last time we can say that about anyone on a Portland roster? Right. Long no, time. I, so it's nice having actually, a small forward who can put up points and do stuff. Exactly. Okay. And for, and to uh, piggyback on Ty's point about uh, Anthony Simons getting the confidence of making that shot and that his team trusting him, not just his team trusting him, but the team leader in Dame yep. being the one to make that pass to him and be like, you go, little fella. Yep. Fly, fly away. <laughs> so as far as Hood, though, too, I do want to point out, uh, I think it was a quote from Danny Morang, uh, as far as the production, the output that we're getting from our small forward right now uh, and how critical he is. And, and, you know, there's been some discussion, who is the next option behind Damon CJ, uh, who is the third option for the Blazers, and it does seem like Hood, before this injury, is definitely putting in his bid for it. Uh, so Danny Morang, friend of the show, points out, Maurice Harkless scored 20 or more eight times in his Portland tenor with a high of 26. Wow, I saw this, yeah. Al Farouk scored 20 more 12 times in his Portland tenor with a high of 28. Rodney Hood has had his fourth 20-point night in his 33rd game with Portland. So he, he is definitely, he's producing, he's putting up numbers. I love that lefty shot, man. The lefty three is, is there's just something different about it that I really do enjoy watching the court. Uh, both him and Bazemore, actually, right? We got two lefties shooting the threes. But with uh, Hood going down for injury, and Zach as well, and Whiteside as well. And honestly, there's been a lot of injuries. Pau Gasol. <laughs> Pau Gasol, of course. Can't forget Pau. And let's not leave out the beast uh, himself there if we're talking about injuries. The Blazers have had some serious front court depth issues that have come up suddenly. And I saw an article out here uh, the other day talking about the injuries that have been adding up and who we can look at to maybe uh, fill in. And who was this article by? Oh, my God, it was by Ty. What's okay. up, Ty? You wrote an article over on Hoops Habit. Look at this. I'm with two writers, two professional writers, one from Hoops Habit, one from Off the Glass. I'm just sitting here being like, yeah, guys, I podcast. How are you? Yeah, uh, Ty, profe- tell us about this professional article. Professional is a stretch in my front. <laughs> <laughs> so what you got, man? What did you write about? Um, I just wrote about uh, like three players that 
are free agents right now that I think the team could look at. I actually started writing this, I think, after the Dallas game, and then I, I had put it off for a day or two, and then saw Whiteside get hurt, and I was like, all right, now i got to finish this and put it out. Uh, so, yeah, so I put it out. Um, I think they're going to need some front court depth. I think if Collins misses time or if Whiteside misses long time or he has, like, more injuries that come along. And also with Gasol, there isn't a timetable yet for him. They haven't said when he's going to return. So if that's going to be longer than usual, I think they're going to need to add somebody. And I wrote my three options were I had – oh, man, I should probably look at it here. I have Joe Kim Noah. Joe Kim Noah? Yeah. I have Jason Smith, and I also have – oh, gosh, where is it at? Mr. Fareed. No, it's Mr. The Manimal. It's – it's it's the Kenneth Fareed. So Kenneth Fareed, who played for the Rockets last year. I've always wanted him. I can't believe I'm blanking that name. So, yeah, I just wrote about those three guys, uh, three veteran guys who I feel like they could come in. They can play 10, 15, 12 spot minutes a night. They do all different stuff, and they could maybe help out the Blazers. I don't know. I Kenneth Fareed strikes me as the type of, like, grudge-holding guy that he will never, ever sign with the Blazers just out of principle from the yeah. draft night. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I feel like that was what I was... But uh, we need someone like two. that on this team, like, with that type of attitude who's going to bring that mentality and help... Bring, I don't know, because not really guys on this team that have, like, a chip on their shoulder, I feel like. We don't really have any angry guys. Well, we, we're getting more, though, than we've had before. I agree in general. I feel like the, the Blazers have kind of been criticized for being a little too much on the nice guy side. But Nurk has got swagger. Mario's got a little bit of swagger. Whiteside, I feel like, has well, got Seth a little Curry bit more of an edge than we've seen in the past. We had a couple people. We had Turner CJ. a couple people. CJ. We're seeing yeah. CJ kind of get a little more going. So, you know, we're, we're getting a little edgier on the team here. Yeah, uh, I and actually... Zach, Co- Zach Collins, come oh, yeah. on. Zach, going oh, my God. Going, yeah, how, how can we going forget? Going right Ho-ho. at Clay Thompson saying, Ho-ho. <laughs> Yeah, and having so perfect hair while doing it. I people. I need, yeah. I need more of that on the team. Yeah. Uh, All right, well, I, let, if, let, me ask I, you, let me ask you about one of the other ones I was going to chase be. anybody, what, Joaquin Noah. Go ahead. Okay, there we go. So there we go. That's that's perfect. One of our listeners actually wrote in. Let me uh, slide this question up from listener questions into this segment. Laman Wyatt Slurp at the Beardiest. How do you feel about possibly signing uh, Joaquin Noah to fill in our injured bigs? Uh, are we saying Joaquin or Joakim? Joakim? I, I think it's Joakim. Joakim, okay. Maybe it's different. How okay, about well, we just call him Noah let's for call sure? Him Noah. Jay Noah, how are we feeling? Uh, so, yeah, Lawman Wyatt wants to know, how are we feeling about signing Jay Noah? This is one of the other players you wrote about, Ty. Uh, so, outside of free, though, if we are saying that he might have some personal issues with signing here and would just say no out of pride, do you think Noah is one of the next guys you would go for? Yeah. In this he limited can, pool of yeah, players. Yeah, he can play obviously. center, he can play power forward. He's that type of energy guy. He, I think he'd be a fan favorite, like in Rip City, right away. I think the fans would just love him. Uh, yeah, I don't see why not go get him. Go get him for like a veteran minimum deal. He can back up Whiteside, Collins. He can play with those guys. I think you might even be able to use him when Nurkic comes back. So I think if yep. you add him and then you have Gasol, him, Collins, Whiteside, you have a pretty good front court. And it is a lot like uh, with Gasol where it's going to be a kind of a player who in the long run would be more of kind of maybe some veteran leadership for us down the stretch when we have healthier guys but could fill in some minutes right now. I what would like a post playmaker, which I think this team is missing with no Nurkic, and I think that's why they went out and got Gasol. They need somebody who can score with their back to the basket and also pass out of there. They are missing someone who can 
pass out of the post, and I think that's going to be big with Gasol because I think he's really smart and he's one of the best passing big men. I think you're going to see him be really crucial with that. So, And I think Noah's a pretty good passer, so I think they need to find somebody who can make plays out of the post. Ryan, let me, let me ask you this real quick. I know, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Get in here. I was going to say, to mix, to mix with that, the thing we're missing, especially now with, with Collins out, with the loss of Myers-Leonard, with, with Nurk sitting down, solid screen setter. These are yes. the weakest, weakest pick-and-roll screens I have ever seen. There is very little contact. I mean, there may be, like, slightly tapping shoulders in the wind and rolling to the basket, and it's doing nothing. And Noah is – he'll set some hard screens. Uh, half of them may be illegal, but they'll be hard <laughs> screens. <laughs> well, here, I uh, actually have another uh, listener question that I can tie into this conversation about the bigs. Uh, look at this Nurk at Apocalypse Block. Shout-out to him, actually. We met up at the game last night. Hey guys, this is Keith with the Trailcasters here at the game. We are uh, at halftime right now facing Philly. No Embiid, no White side on the roster tonight. A bit of a rough one, but Blazers are looking pretty good so far. I think we we're up by maybe 12 or so. I'm here with uh, Jesse and Seth, two of our listeners. Thank you so much guys for coming out. Really appreciate you both showing up. Uh, Jesse, what do you think so far of the game? How do you feel about as far as uh, the Blazers lead without their big men? Um... Well, so far I think we've done pretty well considering uh, Scala Bissier has been able to step it up pretty well. I like yeah. his energy on the court. I like the way he's been able to play both ends of the court uh, really well, more uh, more so than we've seen before, I think. And uh, same with Hazonia, he's been able to step it up as well, and everybody's playing with great energy. It's uh, lots of energy out there that we really, really need right now. It's very important for us to bring that. And we just saw something right at the end of the half there where Skull. Uh, was he kind of fouled a little hard there? Did the guy yes. flop on it? Was, like, we're, we're seeing some play in there where these guys are being put to the test a little. They're not just getting easy games. They're not getting easy reps. This, uh, this is Skull and Mario and some of our big men, some of our backup bigs, being really kind of tested about how much they can uh, put out for it. And I feel like they're holding up so far. Seth, what do you think as far as uh, the lineup so far without, without our big men, with Mario and uh, and Skull playing, uh, playing the, the power forward in the center spot, is this something that do you expect this game to – Hold up over the rest of it, or is this pro- do you see this being a problem over the rest of the, the four, 24 minutes we have left? Uh, I think with the, the amount of the energy, like Jesse was saying, that they've been coming out with so far, that they should be able to take it through for the rest of the game. Uh, we're going to continue to rely on guys like Rodney Hood, who has yeah. had a fantastic first half with 20 points so far. Uh, he's going to need to continue to find his open spots, slip in behind that defense, and that's going to be the key to the game, finishing all the way out. Hood's looking good so far for sure, man. We've seen some left-handed threes from the corner. I love that stuff. Okay, so I want to get a prediction. What do you guys think? Who will be the leading scorer for the Blazers tonight? Uh, I feel like Anthony's looking pretty good so far. CJ and Dame, obviously, like they've got their own bids in there. But do you see someone upsetting one of the, one of our two-star guards? Do you see Anthony, Anthony or someone else getting it? Uh, no, I think I'm going to stay with Hood. He's going to keep going. Hood, I think right. he's going to stay hot for the rest of the night. I, I would take Hood, man. I would take Hood as the leading scorer. What do you think, Jesse? Um, I'm going to agree with that. I think it's going to be Hood. If somehow it's not Hood, I would say Anthony and then maybe Hazonia, but it's okay. hard. Okay. Yeah, man, it, it does seem like Hood is kind of a real contributor at this point. I'm pretty impressed with what Anthony is doing. You see that block that Anthony had on the other yeah, end? My God. Huge block on the one side and it hit like, a, I think, a dagger three as he come back yeah. on the other end of the floor, man. Looking good so far, but I, I'm stoked on this roster. It sucks to see some of our guys go down with injury this early in the season, but we're looking pretty good overall. I can't complain. Yeah. Cool. Leave it at that. 
Whoo, boy, after hearing my voice at halftime, uh, I bet that Brenda Nuckton over at ClearlySpeakingOregon.com, one of our sponsors, would probably be advising me ease off on the yelling a little bit. <laughs> I was uh, a little amped up there. But thank you to both Seth Morgan and Look at This Nurk. That is at Zero Sum and at Apocalypse Plocks, respectively. Thank you both for joining me at halftime. Unfortunately, it is too bad that the game did not go, uh, did not finish as well as it was going when we were talking at the time. But anyway, let's get uh, back to the show. Uh and he asks, how, now that ZC is out, he's got a couple questions in here. I'll get back to the other ones. But he says, now that Z, uh, Zach Collins is out, Scal gets more minutes, and I believe Mario will too. Which player of those two do we see more effective uh, more def- effective defense going onward and on offense? Here, we'll come back to that part. But the big one that I wanted to grab here, at what point do you think we finally break that emergency glass and put Powell on the floor? So, it, like, Powell is one of these players. I know he's kind of still working on that that ankle, right, that, that foot down there that has bothered him for not just this offseason but last season as well. When do you think we actually see him? Like, well, let's actually put a date out there and have an over-under. What do you think, Ty? Um, January. January. I read someone today that he's been doing more on-court, I, I think on-court work, there was a drill. I can't remember who wrote. I read it today that he was like running up the court. Like I think he was jogging, and then he was getting a three like in the corner, shooting it, and then he was going to the other corner and shooting it. So at least he's on the court, moving. He's being active. Yeah, January. I wouldn't be shocked. Maybe December. Now with this, with Collins out, maybe they'll not rush him back. Maybe they'll speed I mean, it up a little bit. Because I think like we're, he's only, okay. we're barely starting November right now. Like we are yeah. just getting to November. November and December—that's two months of basketball that we'd have to deal with without I mean, having a healthy big. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, like he sat out all year with that last year with the foot injury. He, right. I think he had surgery about six, seven months ago. Like he should be good to go. I think they're just taking it easy with him because he's thirty-nine years old. Power to me is right now our highest-paid assistant coach. Yep. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. And uh, and I honestly think that you know the the Blazers did talk to him about you know hey we'll give you some of the best medical treatment that the league has to offer because the Blazers have been known for that over the last couple of years. I, I believe the Suns are the other highly touted yep. organization, but um, you know, and you have a chance to kind of help mentor you know Zach Collins and and Yusuf Nurkic and and you see uh, Powell and and Nurk they're I mean they're getting ready to film their buddy cop movie <laughs> <laughs> when you see him on the bench. But every, every time they zoom in on him, you see, you see Powell kind of pointing to the court and showing Nurk some stuff and kind of teaching him. But I, I don't think Powell is like an open in case of emergency. I think he's a, you sit down, you take your time, you let everybody pick your brain and you kind of show them what you know. And then you come in and you help us in the final push of the season. Well, January is the early, January you- is the earliest I expect to see him. I, so you think even with these with two months to go till January, we're not going to worry about picking up? Oh, I guess you're not saying uh, we're not going to pick up another body. You're just saying we're not going to use Powell. You think it's more likely we go pick up Joe Kim Noah or something like that? Correct. Okay. I think the Blazers a- will be the first team to make a trade with their first round pick this year. Oh, look at that. Okay, look, that's a perfect transition. Let's just uh, jump right into win, uh, win, loss, or tie. Let's get some bed lines going out there. And so, Ty, give us that hot take one more time. You think Blazers are what? I think they'll make a trade. The first team to make a trade is what you're saying. And then also, or maybe not the first team to make a trade, but I think they'll be the first team to make a trade like with their first round pick. I think they're going to put that in play and use it to go get somebody. First. So are you talking? Are you talking about around the trade deadline, or are we talking like the December fifteenth when when signed free agents are able to? I think I think you might see it before. I think they're going to try to get it before. I think Neil Olshay might go out and try and see who's not working with their team already this year, who's already regretting their pick and going out and. Because I think he's in a win now mode, so he, I, 
I mean, like, I don't think he can wait till the trade deadline. I mean, that's till February. I mean, I think they will make moves at the trade deadline, but like, just don't be shocked if they make a medium to smaller size move before, and then some big move maybe towards the trade deadline. But okay, I think well, a trade I'm, happens. I am writing that one down. I like that one. First, uh, you, Ty says Portland will be the first team to trade a first round pick this season, and I get, I get the logic too. I see where you're getting at. Is just the win now mode needing to kind of bolster a roster. And I will say I did steal much. that from somebody. I think it was Nate Duncan on his podcast. He shout out, shout like out to that. Nate. So. Hey, friend of the show, Nate Duncan came on the show way back in the day, so we'll get him back in here so he can yell at you for stealing his takes. There we go. I'll give the credit to him. All right, well, hey, uh, let's get some other betting lines going on, Ty. Uh, We've got some games coming up. We've got uh, Blazers at the Warriors on Monday, is that right? And then we're facing where we'll be in L.A. against the Clippers, and we are home against the Nets and Hawks uh, later this week. So four games this week. How about some lines? What do you think? All right, let's do guess the lines, I guess. Uh, yeah, so there are no lines oh, set. Oh, ah, yeah. a, la, a la Bill Simmons. There we go. Yep, I, <laughs> I told Keith about this. I said, I said, let's take this from a podcast to listen to. Maybe not call it guess the lines, but <laughs> it's not as big yet on the show yet, so we can steal his name. How about how about, pi- how about uh, pick the lines? Pick you the know, lines, there we go. Totally, there we go. There we Cross go. the lines? We'll go I'm pick not the lines there. We'll okay, fully okay, take there we go. from Bill <laughs> and Cousin Sal. Shout out. Um, Shout out. Yeah, let's guess the lounge. Uh, so I think tomorrow they play the Warriors. Um, I think Whiteside's back. Warriors don't have Curry. Uh, I think the Blazers open up <laughs> minus Warriors three and a half. Warriors don't have anybody yeah. in name value. I think they might. Yeah. I think they open up minus four, three and a half, four on the road. Oh, God, no. Higher? Oh, lower? God, no. That has to be at least minimum 13-point favorites. You have no Blazers? Curry. No, no Curry, no Draymond Green, no D'Angelo Russell. No Russell? Russell's out too. Oh, I did not know that. What happened to Russell? Same, same. They, uh, the, uh, the same injury report in which they said that Draymond Green had that uh, ligament issue in his finger the and finger, he missed yeah. the next couple games. They, uh, they said that uh, uh, D'Lo was dealing with a a severe knee bruise. Oh, then yeah, oh. that line jumps crazy higher. Then I did not know that. I did yeah. not know him and Draymond yeah. were out. Okay. Yeah, so the the Warriors last night uh, threw out a roster of I don't know who the hell. <laughs> Willie Collie Stein was the only person that that even remotely well, recognized Keith, him. Or well, Keith got Eric Pascal on his fantasy team, and That's he blew right. up last night. He's he killing was for him, man. Smack! I saw some highlight yeah. videos. He was saying no one can guard me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and the so the Warriors had their closest game of the season last night. And that that's that's one of those win one for the Gippers. We've lost everybody. Okay, we got to come out and perform. So they got that out of their system. If the Blazers don't open up at at least a twelve to thirteen point favorite, color me shocked. I'm with him okay. on that one now. Yep, like take it. that okay. minus four three and a half. Throw that in the trash and thirteen fourteen. Yeah, if, like if, it. if you can get it at four or three and a half, <laughs> please bet everything on the Blazers. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, good. I'll, uh, I'll, I'm writing this one down. I'll see how close we can get for this. I, I don't know if I wrote these down last week, Ty, when we were doing this. I don't but think so. I want to try so this. So do, do you guys use the Vegas lines, or you, do you use the scorecard app lines or scoreboard uh, app lines? I've been using the scoreboard app lines for this. but Now, the, the crappy thing about it is you can't get more than a day in advance. Yep, I know. It's so annoying. Right. All right, all right. So, so next game will be uh, in LA against the Clippers on the seventh. Ty, what do you think about that game? How close are we on that one? Um, (laughs) It depends if the Clippers have anybody sitting. Flip my answer from before. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
It depends if the Clippers sit Kawhi Leonard that game. I'm not sure if they're playing the night before <laughs> or anything or if they play the next night. I don't know the Clippers schedule. That honestly has to do with their load management. I heard that Paul George could be back by November. So You think Paul, jo- Paul George uh, come back? You think I he heard, could... I mean, I heard that he would set out the first couple of games of the season and then they expected him back by around November. So I don't know if the wow. seventh already. I mean, I bet you they might push it back later. I don't know. Yeah, Blazers plus two, plus, plus three. Like if, I don't know, plus three, plus four, like if Kawhi Leonard plays, and if he doesn't play, then the Blazers, like, minus four. Is there a Mo Harkless <laughs> Q factor involved in this? No. <laughs> I don't see Mo Harkless being able to have a revenge game. I don't I don't think he has that in him. It's, it's not in him. <laughs> I kind of agree with you there, actually. I just don't know if, if Harkless, as much as I love the dude, I just don't know if he ha- if, if he if conviction is really the word that I would use to describe his uh, his play. Yeah, if I, if I had to put this game anywhere, I'm like I said, I'm gonna I'm gonna flip my opposite. Blazers, um, they'd probably open up. I'm gonna say seven and a half to eight and a half point underdogs. You think Especially Blazers would be that far down. behind open? Yeah, uh, down in LA, that's that's the the league doesn't respect them. Still, nothing they've done this far in the season has has said that they need to be you know put on or that they put anyone on notice or anything. They haven't they haven't come out with the Lakers. Uh, preseason twitter <laughs> kind of watch us kind of thing so right yeah seven and a half to eight and a half point underdogs is probably where i'd put that oof rough okay let's hopefully uh move on to some better odds for us against the nets at home uh we will come back it'll be the night after that clippers game unfortunately but we come home and face a uh, brooklyn squad that has not been looking too hot outside of no Kyrie, but they score the basketball very well yeah. uh yeah that could be a problem for the Blazers at this point. They shoot the three ball well. They have Kyrie Irving, who's putting up crazy numbers. Don't tell uh, me you're putting Brooklyn ahead of us. You're, are you making them favorites? Coming no. To Portland? All right, no. cool. All right. I wouldn't do that. So just close. But just I think closer it's than be close. Okay. Uh, when, uh, what's, when's the Nets' previous game? They're, I'm guessing they aren't on a back-to-back as well. No. no. I would imagine right. so. So, I don't know. Blazers opened up minus three. Blazers I'm going to take this as a... St- I got this as a straight up pick 'em. Yeah, I could see it going that way too. I mean that I mean like that really depends how these next two games go for the betters. Like they like to sleep on the Blazers. So let's say they get blown out by the Clippers and they barely beat the Warriors or barely handle the Warriors or whatever, then they'll really that line will really be favoring or go down. Yeah, because if, if they end up getting blown up by the Clippers, Stotts ain't playing anybody in the fourth. So, you know, Blazers <laughs> a little more well rested, whatnot. Um, yeah, that's that's a pick 'em. I guess it also depends on how many teammates Kyrie pisses off on the plane. Sure. <laughs> so, there we go. Yeah, right. I, I mean, I, I do feel like they're uh, that roster, the the Brooklyn roster. I feel like could, is is volatile. I feel like that could go one way or the other pretty quick. Uh, it's just hard. Well, to tell while we're doing. while we're stealing from uh, Bill Simmons, I mean, <laughs> shout out. Uh, Let's get Bill on the, the show someday. The, I, I, oh, dude, I've been tra- I've been shaking that tree forever on mine. I'll, I'll let you know if I get the info. Nice. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I knew this thing would fall apart without KD playing, but uh, I did not pick uh, two weeks into the season before, you know, we start hearing the Kyrie rumors. Yeah, and, and is, let's, let's be clear, too. That is absolutely nuts and insane. Let's, let's be clear, too. I'm not picking on Kyrie for... Uh, any sort of head stuff he's going on that we, that's going on. We've talked about other players plenty and the mental health issues. Uh, you know, if, if if there's something like that going on, then 
that is its own uh, non-basketball-related thing that I wish in the absolute best of luck in. There's been some really funny, uh, can I, I guess not funny, but controversial discussion from the Brooklyn uh, front office as far as saying that he's had some uh, mood swings or something like this, as if that was something that needed to be uh, dealt with separately. Yeah. And I guess then he's yeah, come back. Yeah, back, kind of, back in the preseason, when they were over in China, he was having mood swings. I'd have was mood swings, too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, the that's NBA, point, thanks for putting me in this position. I'm going to be a little moody. But there was the rumor or the story that came out that he was doing like a team photo shoot. And like the photographer asked him yeah. to take off his hat. And, he, and he's like, I'm not taking off my hat. Take the picture and, and, and edit it out. That's your job. Right. Really, really dude? It's yeah. not like you're LeBron. You're not trying to hide a hairline. Take off your damn hat. <laughs> and on one hand, yeah, you have to be a professional. You have to maintain... Uh, like professional etiquette at least for other people like that you were working with in those kind of situations that's not something that you want to give a pass to but if, if he is dealing with any sort of mental health stuff then hopefully things like that get worked out and it's not uh, it's not something that continues to, uh, to to drag down his reputation at all alright Portland's final game of the week although this is Sunday right so I'm not sure if we will we might be podcasting before this game or not let's get the line in anyway what do you think about the game against the Hawks tie um, Trey Young's been sitting out with an ankle. He probably back by then. John Collins got hurt the other night. Oh, I say Turner's getting a random vet rest occasionally. Yeah, he has Achilles <laughs> or something. I think Blazers open up six point favorites. Six point favorites. Yeah, All right, so that's what's up. What's up? Brian? I concur. I concur. All right, cool. Yeah, I could see that. So really, you're saying the best game of the week is going to be this first one against the Warriors. And then some close games and hopefully uh, some some slightly easier wins coming up. These the next the three are, I mean, I guess four games, but scratch the Warriors game. So that Clippers, Nets, and Hawks, I mean, that's going to be kind of telling for this team. Like, if they just, like, struggle with the Nets and Hawks, then it's going to be, all right, let's let's figure it out. But or then also, let's say they go out and, and let's say, like, they play the Clippers like they did, like the Spurs, the Thunder, they kept it close, or the Mavericks, and they end up pulling it out or losing by a couple, then I think you feel good about this team. Yeah, and uh, and I got a question because I, I don't recall us uh, uh, touching on him, uh, and it could have been a good talking point for the big man play, Scal. How's everyone right. feel about Scal so far? Oh, boy, let me tell you how I feel about Scal, Ryan. I am stoked on Scal. I, I've been stoked on him since the preseason. You got your Scal jersey on order? <laughs> I'm, shocked if he ha- I'm shocked if he doesn't. <laughs> I've uh, our first guest for the new season, the, n- the next generation with Ty and I here was Chris Burkhart coming on, and Chris laid into me for a while about my hopes and optimism for Scal, uh, and it's been fun, kind of like going back and forth w- with him about he it. He came, Man. he came on my pod the exact week after that. He gave us some grief about our Scal love, uh, so I believe collectively <laughs> we all need to shoot Chris some shit. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good, man. And I've even teased him on Twitter for it too, and he's clarified, of course, that he wants Scal to do well, and if if this is his opportunity and he takes it, then great. <laughs> I've been uh, impressed with Scal. I'm impressed. I'll say that. I, I'm impressed. He, I mean, he's he's gotten starter minute kind of or starters minutes run before when he was back with the Kings. So I mean, this is it isn't outside of the the realm of expectation for him. But uh, I mean, if you want to talk about who won the trade, uh, bye bye Biggie. Uh, we're <laughs> we're uh, sitting here perfectly happy with this right now. Right. Yeah. We definitely. I think Jason Quick posted that too. As far as saying, it's pretty safe to say at this point that uh, Blazers have won the trade. That as far as I wasn't going to reference that I stole Jason Quick's <laughs> point. Just we've hey, already stolen enough. Just let me. I'm ha- just giving. I'm just, just giving shoutouts, man. I'm trying to get him on the show at some point too. Uh, I but was trying to make myself seem sound smart or <laughs> seem smart by referencing a Jason Quick thing and passing it off as my own. Is that what Gosh. writers do? Oh, gotcha. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, no, I'm with you though, man. Is yeah, I just I do change like- the words? It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> I do like what uh, Scal is doing so far. And I, 
as much as it's looking good, what I'd even said to Chris back on that first episode is I'm not as surprised by it as I, I don't think any of us really should be because that game that we saw as Anthony Simon's coming out party against the Kings last season, Scal ripped that one up too. He, he crushed that game. Yep. I don't remember what the numbers were off, off the top of my head, but 20-ish, tw- mid-20s or so points, and I, th- I want to say 19 or more rebounds as well, man. He had a big game yeah. on that. Yeah, he, he, he damn near, I want to say like 28 rebounds. points, 18 rebounds, something yeah, like that. Yeah, something like that. Uh, but anyway. uh, I I took grief for it on on our podcast because uh, you know right before the uh, the regular season starts we do our preseason roster rankings. All of us blindly go in, do rank rank every important player on the roster. You know, one through three is normally pretty self explanatory. I had Scal at about like five or six, and uh, the Ryan and uh, and Brandon had him down at about like fourteen fifteen. So. Close, ah. change it or chasing down the rear and and that was their head scratcher they're like really what i'm like scale's better than you give him credit for well we obviously got the smartest blazer tag member on our pod today man, so make sure to let damn them know straight and i'm gonna need that to be the title <laughs> of this episode <laughs> we will totally make that the title of the episode all right so uh let's get some bets going uh or ty i don't mean to take over your segment here do you have any games any what's our options for today's bets if we don't uh, have blazers playing i didn't even look at today's bets let's look at today's bets. Oh, okay. there are no blazer games um I might take a break on betting on the NBA. It's hurt my heart the last couple of days. Um, <laughs> oh, I, I have not hit. I've had one out of six of my scoreboard. I started bets strong. Hit. I started real strong, and then I took a. I got a little too cocky. I got a little too confident. My uh, my worst loss so far was I had like twenty bucks down on the Kings game, and I took the line of Blazers to win by seven to nine ah. and it was plus it was plus nine ninety five. That bet would have that that twenty dollar bet would have got me what was it, a hundred and ninety, two hundred bucks? Wow. And they won and they won by ten. I was never more pissed at <laughs> Anthony Simons than I was at the end of that game. Last night not last night, against the Thunder, I had the Blazers um, at four and four and a half I got the line at. CJ McCollum misses a free throw at the end of the game, and then Chris <laughs> Paul takes it down while the Blazers decide not to play defense and they give up an easy layup and the Thunder lose by three. Ugh. If I, got that, li- that I got that throw, line when it I got that line when it was at one and a half. I, I, so I, I hit that. That's my lone win. My phone froze at one and a half, and I couldn't get it. And then when I put, <laughs> by the time I got to it, it was four and a half. And I was like, oh, that's good. We got this. And then Blame the, the Blazers don't hit free throws at the end. Oh, I was I was so happy for the Blazers win, but I was just looking there. And I'm like, you couldn't at least hit one so I could get some of my money back? All right, so here, I got the games for today. Uh, I want to get, we got six games today in the NBA, and let's get some pick-ems from, uh, from each of us here. Let's say each of us are going to pick two of these uh, and see how we do. I'll, we'll try and like maybe bring this back next episode. Uh, Ryan, the six games to choose from, Bulls versus Pacers, Kings versus Knicks, Rockets versus Heat, Lakers versus Spurs, Mavericks versus Cavs, Jazz versus Clippers. Take two and give me your picks. I want the Jazz, Clippers, Lakers, Spurs. I'll take the Lakers. Lakers over Spurs? No, no, no. No, no, no. Scratch that. I'll take Spurs. Pop is really good at saying fuck you to anybody. It doesn't matter who's playing <laughs> or, who's, or who's coaching in L.A. Um, so I'll, 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 take, uh, I'll take Spurs in that. Probably Clippers in the other game. Spurs over Lakers and Clippers over Jazz. Uh, Ty, what do you think? But, uh, kind of but, but in that Clippers-Jazz, I'll take that as like a close like two-point game, actually. All right, all right. So the Clippers are four and a half favorites in that game. Um, oh, hey, there you yeah, go. There you I'm go. a good guess the line. <laughs> um, I'll take the Mavericks over the Cavs. Um, and the 
Mavs are only five point favorites. I think they cover that. And is uh is Luca doing all right after his multiple concussions? He appeared to. Uh... <laughs> yeah, it's, he's he's playing. So. All right. And then. I'll take the opposite. I'll take the Lakers in that Spurs game. I don't think the Spurs have anyone who can check Anthony Davis. And for some reason, LaMarcus Aldridge has been almost non-existent this year. He should have tore up the Blazers. He had like 12 points in that game. When we had no Zach Collins, he had to go against Scal and Whiteside. He should have been eating them up, and he had like 12 points. So I'm going to take Lakers and Mavericks. Green took the uh, LaMarcus Aldridge over 22 and a half points for that Spurs Blazers game and was very pissed. I almost did. I looked <laughs> at it and I was like, that's pretty low. And I almost considered betting on that. And I was like, you know what? Screw LaMarcus Aldridge. I won't bet on it. Take money. And then he, <laughs> sure enough, a good thing I did because, yeah, he did not perform. So. You know what? Okay, here. I'm going to tangent off for a second before I give these picks. Uh, I was going to mention this earlier when we were talking about the big men. We've had, uh, I know this is a little more of a long-term thing than just picking up an extra man to fill rotation right now, but we've had talks before about, you know, Blake Griffin or Kevin Love as far as a big man that we should be trading for later in the year. Maybe one of these expiring contracts like Kent Bazemore or Whiteside trying to bring in a power forward for like a more of a championship run. What about LaMarcus Aldridge? Like he wants to come back to Portland. We, we saw him play fairly well in, in San Antonio and he obviously doesn't fit the roster down there. He's an old vet on a young team. What do you guys think about him coming back to Portland? Where are you at on that one? Ryan, what I've been anti, I've been anti Kevin Love as long as that train is been out and around and and whatnot and uh kevin love even with how he's playing this year i i i've always thought the Cavs would have a high asking price with kevin love's performance so far in the season his asking prices went up in the Cavs' mind um <laughs> yeah, right. i'm more i'm more the blake griffith lamarcus aldridge kind of guy um if if i had to take my pick it i guess it always just boils down to who are we giving up to get him but sure. uh say say come trade deadline you could do a straight up in some way, shape, or form, Hassan Whiteside for LaMarcus Aldrich. Give me L.A. back in a heartbeat. Heartbeat. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of falling that way too, man. I, I feel like uh, I'm not even saying straight up for, for Whiteside or not, but I like honestly, with the big man health, I almost feel like the expiring value on Bazemore's contract, if we can get rid of Bazemore and a little bit for Aldrich, I feel like that could be something that I'd be curious about. Ty, are you shaking your head over there? Don't get rid I'm not of Bazemore. I'm not saying I want to get rid of him, but him and Whiteside are both expiring contracts. They're probably not going to be here next year if they're here through Whiteside's the season. Whiteside's the most expendable. Whiteside's think, the most expendable. I think Whiteside is he, can get Is moved. he the most expendable if we have if, if we have this much of an issue with big man health? Uh, and we're not even sure Correct. if Nurkic is going to be coming back healthy. Are you sure you want to say Whiteside is more expendable than Bazemore? I Correct, think because if you, if you get Nurk back in February... Your yeah. Whiteside's production is going to drop the f off immediately. If as you get Nurk back Nurk, healthy in February, you'll get Nurk back healthy in February. All right. Well, here let's, let's. No, here, no. This is perfect because one of the other one of the other lines were thrown out here, right? Was uh, was I think we have an over under for when I would take Lamarcus. Back. By the way, I'll throw that in there. Oh, I'm sorry, I would Ty. Take my bad, man. I, back. Um, I do hate on him a little bit, but I think he could. <laughs> I think coming back, he would accept his role, and I think he'd be good with Dame. Uh, I am on the Kevin Love train. I've always been on the Kevin Love train. I would love him in Portland. But I am with you. I thought the Cavs would really try and use him this year and put him in a point to put up big numbers that are, so that way they can really go, here's an asset that you need. Don't take from us. We're going to give you this good player to make you better. So I think, yeah, they, I think he might be too much for the Blazers. So I think Blake or LaMarcus could be in play. 
See, this is how I know, Ty, that you're getting more and more comfortable uh, and like, you know, filling into your in, in your shoes, whatever, as the pod host, is I started to just completely forget that we hadn't heard your opinions on this. I was running on to some other uh, segue with what Jumping Matt in said, there. And you're just jumping and be like, no, I'm going to I'm gonna give my opinion. You're not going to stop me. Not happening, Thank you, Captain. sir. Thank you for doing that. I appreciate that. Uh, and yeah, that's that's I, I like it. Okay, I don't even remember what I was gonna jump. You were gonna to go to the betting so. lines there because he was talking that he thinks Nurse yes. is gonna come back before March. So. See, like we're saying, man, you're ready. To, you just take over the show. You 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 should be hosting. This. Uh, yes. Okay. So uh, I Ryan, second this. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, you're saying that you're on the under for if we're setting Nurse return date at March first. You're saying he comes earlier. Uh, I, yeah, I'm, I'm giving him. So the biggest thing for me going into the season was going to be, okay, so when is the team going to feel comfortable bringing Nurk with on road trips? And when is he, when are they going to start putting his, his healing and rehabbing body through the stress of, of air travel? Because Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that is an actual thing with athletes and whatnot and how it changes the blood flow in the body. They're already bringing him with. So that's already a, a positive sign. Um, I was along the lines that we'd probably see him about mid February, beginning of March, before this road trip started and they said hey nurk and power are coming with we're keeping them with they're mm. in good enough health um so i'm i'm saying you know late or late january early february i'm yeah. not gonna go with my i'm not gonna go with my own co-host prediction of that he will be back in mid-november which yes i do have a beer bet on with him because <laughs> nice. that's that's stupid but uh <laughs> but yeah uh, uh so if you guys are setting the line at uh, at march i'm gonna give him i'm gonna go the under all right, uh, let's get some other over-unders out of the way, and then we'll move on towards the Fantasy League and the listener questions. Number of NBA players listed at 7 foot, Ryan. Last year, Ty uh, looked up that we had 43 7-footers 43 in the NBA last year, and now that the NBA is tracking the height more accurately and forcing all teams to submit this, we are seeing that some of these players are losing the de- designation. How many, uh, sorry, we set the line at 15 that would lose the designation as a 7-footer. Do you want to go over or under 15 losing that 7-foot designation? So I'm picking the the over under for number of players that are that have dropped off of that 43. Correct. That, that, yeah, that were seven foot and will not be this year. Under. Under less than 15. Okay. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, and the only only reason I say that is because I've actually seen a couple team stat reports where guys are actually taller than what they were. Right, yeah. That so. Ty, you pointed that out last week too. We've had a few guys that actually gained inches. I did not think that would happen. It's interesting though. Uh, so far, we've got. It's pretty evenly divided, I feel like. We've got three or four people on each side as far as saying over or under on that one. So I'm, I'm curious how that'll uh, fall out. Uh, Ty, do you have some new info that you're looking up there? I'm looking up. I haven't haven't really seen anybody who's, like, put anything out, like, comparing the last couple of years to this year. Um, I, I feel like there's still I think we talked about data. the Sixers, right? Because that was Joel Embiid with seven foot. He's 6'11 now. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm not seeing too much else. Nothing else has really changed. Like I don't think anyone. Come on, really NBA, give us this I info. Know. Someone needs to put it out. Maybe I'll write it. There we go. Yeah, we'll do the research. Oh gosh, I it I can't even get those words out. We'll do the research. It's like it like squeezes in the throat as I try and say it. I don't uh, do a lot of research. <laughs> <laughs> I was told there would be no math. Um, all right, so another over under. We've been asking all of our guests the regular season win total. We put the over under line at fifty. Where are you at, Ryan? Okay, so. I have I have two things here. Do you want me to go with the number I picked for my actual season long beer bet on my podcast, or do you want me to go with what I actually think? Because they are conflicting. Because I believe there will only be one fifty win team in the West. That's right. I forgot this was your take. You said there will only be one fifty. dude, I I yeah. But I also bet the Blazers at fifty wins for my season long beer bet, <laughs> and I do not believe they're going to be the number one seed. So. 
Oh man, uh, I like that you are you are con- an, a conflicted individual, even in your own mind about this. Uh, but I'm with you, man. I. Ty took the over for 50 wins. I took the under just to kind of set the line because I feel like uh, it's the right spot to set it. Can I take the push? Can you take the push? No, you can't take the push. I'm scared about that 50 at the moment, I will say. I will be honest with you. Them going over 50 is scaring me at the moment. I'll go under for 49 and a half. Six games in, Ty's <laughs> winning to change his bet. The thing is, Ty, you're the only person over right now. I know. Everyone else is saying under so far. So if this pays off, you're winning big. <laughs> Ryan, I think I'm, you're going in officially as the under, I guess. Is that what you heard you say? Yes, uh, but that's because 49 wins also wins me the beer bet. So under and barely. All right, all right. Uh, let's see. Here's one other that I wanted to bring up for you. Number of games where Anthony Simons is going to drop at least 20 points. The line is set by one of our listeners at Buck Blazin at eight and a half games. What do you think? Eight and a half games for games in which he dri- he's not getting more than like 12, 13 minutes a night. So I'm going that. That's a strong under. You think he's as long as it? we're as long as we're talking just regular season, that's a that's a strong under. Hmm. Okay. I, I didn't. I he did. Uh, he just right now. He doesn't have the minutes. He doesn't have the minutes. Yeah. It doesn't. Last have the night was right last night was probably his strongest run that we've seen, and I think he got still a season average of twelve to like twelve minutes. So. I just unless, think we're going to see more from he, him. I think he's going to tick it up. I, I think we're going to see. Let's uh, say if, let's if say he, that Ronnie Hood is out long term or is out for a couple weeks or at that, right. then that's when Simon's minutes will go up. But yeah, yeah at the moment you're right now. Bays, yeah, that's when you slide Bays more over into that starting position. Then then Simon's is going to start getting a lot more of his minutes, and you'll see him up around twenty minutes a night. If he can get twenty minutes a night, then yeah, I'd probably take the the over on that. But no, strong under with twelve minutes. I just don't. I, I'm I'm okay with the under. Me, Ty, Christian, uh, and you are all under. And Varun was over last week. Uh, Varun is obviously a huge Anthony Simons fan. But yeah, I mean, I the more I've thought about it, I don't think it's that impossible. We're only talking eight or nine games of getting that twenty minute run, like you're saying. And with the injuries we're seeing, I don't think it's that unlikely that he gets some some big run. So I don't know. We'll we'll see yeah, how it goes. In that case, then you're asking me to bet on injuries, and that is something right. I refuse to do. <laughs> that is fair. I'm had, totally okay with that. He had 13 right. last night in what? Uh, what do you play? 13 minutes? 14 minutes? Yeah, see? All right, here. I've got Still two more odds on this one. In that range. This is, this is not over. These are not over or unders, uh, but two more odds, and we'll get out of the betting segment and move on. Uh, what are the odds that the Blazers are going to add another big man in free agency? Ryan, what do you think the chances are we're actually going to add another big man in here? In free agency, so you're asking oh, me to what? go to next year's off season. Where did that? Co- why, why did I say free agency? Where, where did that come from? No, forget free agency. This might have been something that uh, I wrote down from someone's question last year. What are the chance that we add another big man before free agency, like this season, uh, adding someone to the roster? What's the chance it happens? Negative. I think they're holding open that last roster spot as 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 a trade thing, so they can oh. you know take take a player that they want and get whatever other teams throw in piece. So so no Joe Kim Noah to so, Portland. No, no, I'm. They'll they'll stand pat, and I actually think they kind of got a little uh, a little bit of confidence boost seeing that small ball lineup run out there last night. So, Ty, what do you I'm, think? I'm, I'm giving it no. Um, I think they should go get depth. I don't think they will. Um, they, so what I've seen with the Blazers is they don't really like bringing in random guys. They like bringing in guys maybe they know. So maybe that's yeah, why we, or so maybe that's like we see like Tolliver's back because he was here before. I would right. think if they do go get anybody, 
I mean, like I wrote about those three guys who I would like to see, but I honestly think you might see people they brought on like to like their summer league or like their preseason, like that Jarnell Stokes or someone like even just to fill a roster, like not even to play, but just to be on it. But Moses I Brown, doubt, right? yeah, or Moses Brown bringing him up, but I doubt he's even ready. Yeah, I, I don't think they end up doing anything unless, I mean, unless they get really bad news on Zach and they get like bad news on like Whiteside, he's just like can't stay healthy then maybe but all right here let's uh let's speaking of bad news oh wait, wait, i'm sorry did you actually give us odds on that though like what, what uh, is your actual, like, i don't have any really any, i don't have any odds on it um i think that's right i don't know no that, that's I'm not, fine sorry, i'm not I'm a good sure odds maker there. There. <laughs> <laughs> uh how about this one though with rodney hood actually i think i wrote this one down before before we saw the injury happen but with rodney hood now being injured and maybe some rotation kind of shifts about to happen what are the chances that Rodney Hood comes off the bench? Um, I don't. I, yeah, I think as long as he's healthy, he's in the starting lineup. I think that's what they told him in free agency. That's one of the reasons he stayed. I think they like him alongside Damon CJ. I really like Baysmore though. I think he's playing fantastic. Uh, he's really bought into his role as almost like the three and D and more D. Uh, I think if they, if like some reason, like if or let's say, like, Simons or someone got hurt and then, like, the firepower off the bench was lacking, then maybe you move Hood to the bench to get, like, a spark, but... Oh, I, and that makes sense, too, but I was kind of curious about the starting lineup, honestly, with the injuries we are sustaining and needing maybe some length and defense uh, with those starters to kind of cover for Damon CJ. I was kind of wondering if maybe Bazemore would be a better fit with those guys, bringing some length and defense and mobility in there, and Hood, as he's maybe recovering from this injury, if it was possible that he'd be better off against some lesser bench opponents and kind of give him a chance to kind of find his I think in. we uh, see Bazemore start Monday against the Warriors, and I think oh, this okay. also gives reason... I think this gives Terry Stotts a reason to start Baysmore now to try out and see how it actually looks and maybe without Hood or if Hood's on a minute restriction, then yeah, let's see how Hood would be coming off the bench and Baysmore, how he fits in the starting lineup. All right, well, that's good. Yeah, I'm going to agree with that one. So you don't think... Oh, no, he said said everything. (laughs) All right, cool. All right, listeners, write in your overs and unders and bets for us. Any prop bets, we will take everything. Write write us at Trailcasters on Twitter, IG, and Facebook. Email us at Trailcasters at gmail.com. Let's uh, give a quick shout out to Clearly Speaking and NV Adventures one more time, and let's talk some Fantasy League basketball. All right, I am stoked for this one today because, Ty, you and I have been facing off for the last week. Yeah, we yeah. talked about this last week. It's a little early in the season, and I just got to really, you know, let just, just let this kind of simmer here and sit on the fact that the scoreboard right now is reading 956 to 680. I am crushing I you, sir. I, I missed the day. <laughs> I got all worked up on Thursday Night Football. I had four players in my fancy football lineup. Forgot to set my basketball lineup, and I had like a hundred points on the bench. Mr. Kendrick Dunn a likely was sitting excuse. down there. That's my likely excuse. excuse. So Stotts, Stotts, so Stotts, Tots got a little failed by their manager, but don't you worry, we're making a comeback. I'm I'm just happy that after uh, after losing to to Witty's Cully Commies over here last week, uh, that I could come back and and make a nice strong comeback. And I believe let me actually check the update here. It'll be your one win of the season. <laughs> Shut the up. Uh, I believe this is actually, right now, I got to give a little extra flex to myself because I think my 956 points is the highest score on the board. Yes, it is. Thank you, sir. So I'm just, I'm killing this week, too. And know that it does not mean that my team is going to peak early and fall apart before we get to playoffs. Sorry, I just got I think distracted. it's going to be. I'm also distracted. Uh, you guys are watching some bets are, in the background. You, are, are you watching this Mason Rudolph thing? 
Is this what happens yeah. when I? Is this what happens when I get to brag about my fantasy? You guys just tune off well, and we just, go over to your I football. Well, to you well, talk we, crap we, about we both have. So I just moved on. We both have money on the Colts. The Colts are down two with two and a half minutes left, and I think they just got a fumble recovery. Something like that. Oh, son of a biscuit! It Dang it! <laughs> I have the Colts plus I was one. So do I, and they're down by two, and there's two and a half minutes left. Well, hey, oh, you know what? Hey, I want a challenge on that. All so right. This Let's is get this back to basketball. <laughs> Sorry, Keith. <laughs> this, no, you're good. We didn't uh, want to give you a big head here about your fantasy league. We just wanted to, you know, simmer you down a yeah. little bit. No, listen, we were just I'm, letting you scream into the void. Listen, you get you got to let me enjoy this one for a second because it's the second week, and like we said, I, this this might be the best week of uh, fantasy basketball that my team is going to have right now. Uh, <laughs> just I'm, like I'm Blazers Twitter, you're freaking out this early on in this season. <laughs> Relax. Yeah, it's looking good, yeah. man. I'm I'm happy with my with my high score of the week and and beating Ty, and it's it's wonderful. Ty, how about that that 680, man? Would that have even won for you last week? Is that Hey, oh no, you know what? Even that hundred points on the on your bench, that wouldn't even made a difference for you. I'm I'm just okay, that's that's all I got. I'm not good at trash talking. This See, really... this is why we don't let you do this. No. <laughs> You're not a good feasty talker, Keith. All right, well, yeah. uh what what about you? What about you, Ryan? What, where's your team at? What, what's the Cully commies doing this week? I don't wanna... I don't know. And I feel so uh, a strong strong push to rename this team, possibly uh, <laughs> possibly look at some uh, some management issues a little bit and uh some roster tweaking. We'll uh I'll, I'll take them having kicked your ass. Yeah, oh, you, you we're, gonna, we're, we're gonna go over a, a early season rehaul. We're gonna we're gonna rework this roster here a bit. Here we go. After you beat me last week, Ryan, uh, you are barely ahead of Beaverton Rip City PR this week, five ninety four five fifty nine. But you know what? You wouldn't even be beating lowly Ty over here, who's losing to me right now. So so, man. Okay, you know what? Yeah, someone else needs to take over the trash talking part of this because this is not my bag. <laughs> well, no, I'm, no, I'm, we did we didn't tell you to take charge of the trash talking because we. Knew it was horrible. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 a fact. Uh, all right, well, we'll get more <laughs> we'll get more fantasy uh, fantasy involvement going on here. One thing I do have to say though, uh, got to call out uh, Peeps and Plaid, Austin Caphammer, and also a couple of our other listeners. You guys, and and like Ty said, doing your uh, I guess maybe your football fantasy wrapping up or making your football bets. You are forgetting to set your lineups. You guys are gonna make this too easy for me. This is gonna be uh, way too nice, to, way too easy to take down the Trailcast Championship if none of you are even gonna set your lineups. You gotta at least like give me a challenge here. I'll start being the league manager, and I think I can go in and rework some people's lineups. I might just have to set up so Keith <laughs> doesn't think set he's that good. <laughs> all right, all right. So uh, I guess that is good enough for the trash talk this week. Off to. I guess uh, it'll probably be longer next week when I'm losing and Ty uh, is up on the boards and, and can probably take over a little more. Ryan, you'll have to come back on more now that uh, yeah, now yeah. Your team is uh, every winning some every games. time I kick your ass, it's just take callers and I'll be on to uh, teach you how Throw trash that. talking is done. Throw that. <laughs> All right, let's get to the listener questions. Or, or do we have some cheering going on? Are you guys I winning just, your bet now? I'm just cheering for pass interference. No, we're these. Go referees. Yeah, as <laughs> as I was. Did you just say go referees? Right now, yes. Go uh, referees. I don't oh, never cheer for the for love refs. of Pete. I did get I did oh. get a 15 yard personal foul yesterday, Keith, at my football game for yelling at a referee. Uh, <laughs> it was my coach? second one of the season. Apparently, we're not allowed to yell at the rest, but I let him have it, and he's like, "I'm not gonna hear it from you." I'm like, "Well, you're gonna hear it from me." And then <laughs> he threw the flag, and I was. It felt good to be back part of the game again, you know. Uh, and, and by uh, the way, where where our interest lies in this football game is we are now the Colts are now. 10-ish yards with this pass interference outside of field goal range. They're and challenging that gives it. us our le- that gives us our legit plus one. Of course he's challenging it. All right. 
Fine. All right, let's Keith, get to listener Keith, questions here before, before, the, before, before this, we uh, either get really sad or really happy. We already heard from Lawman Wyatt Slurp about the fit of Joachim Noah, uh, and we heard from Look at This Nurk Apocalypse, at Apocalypse Plocks on his thoughts about when do we break the glass on Paul Gasol coming back uh, for the team. He uh, Look at This Nurk also has something to say. He said, this tr- road trip actually encouraged me, even though the injuries we kept... Uh, even though the injuries, we kept games close and even won a game we didn't even feel we deserved at OKC. Oh, did you guys feel we didn't deserve the win against OKC? No, I felt we didn't deserve the win against Dallas. OKC, that was flat out win. We won that game. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, Jesse, at Apocalypse Fox, we're gonna have to have a. I don't know if we agree with you on that one. Look, but he says he knew he knew he would go three one on that trip. He had a great feeling about it. I'm with you on that. I think we called that earlier uh, on last week's episodes that three one would be uh, pretty expected for this road trip. So uh, look at this. Oh, I was sitting at two two would have been great. I'd be happy with two two, but yeah, I'm, hey, I'm happy with three three on the season so far. Even though it feels horrible after the, that game last night. Uh, look at this. Nurk says we will win two more games before we lose two more games, including tonight. So I think he was talking about including the Philly game last night. How about this, guys? Uh, that that that's a bet right there. Are you going to take that or no? He says will will we win two more games before losing two? And then, obviously, we lost last night. So, if are we going to win two before losing one more game? Who? Um, With this schedule, I'm taking that as a no. Th- no, because the we, next four, I'm going to say win two before we lose one. No, because I think we beat the Warriors, and I think that Clippers game is up in the air. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's where I stand. The Clippers one is going to be tough, but hey, if we if we beat the Clippers, then that bet comes through. So maybe uh, look at this, Nurk will get a wish here. Uh, I could see it. Uh, okay, yeah, so that final question from Look at This Nurk. Now that Zach Collins is out, Skull gets more minutes, and I believe Mario will too. Which player of those two do we see as more effective on defense and offense? So between Skull and Mario, who do you guys think will be a bigger uh, factor for the Blazers going forward on, on both ends of the floor? Uh, Skull. Skull. I mean, he's a bigger factor, but they do two different things, Hazonia and him. I think Hazonia, if he can get aggressive scoring the ball and grabbing the rebounds from the defensive end and then pushing up the floor for offense that we've seen him do so far, I think that'll be effective. But I think Scal's impact is more important at the moment right now. We need bigs. 100% yeah, I, agree. And, and and he's shown a great ability at rolling to the rim and, and finding open space and converting off that. He's He's got a, a decent amount of defensive instinct. Uh, Mario, last night was probably the best defensive game I've seen him have so far. So yeah, I'm, I'm going Scal. Yeah, I'm, skull, I'm with you skull, on it. F- skull, whatever. Skull, Skull, Lebissier, Lebissier. It's it's one of those names that's going to be, I feel like, a toss of all season for it. Uh, it's the the French Haitian uh, pronunciation. I'm not really sure what to go with. Yeah, I'm with you guys though. I feel like uh, Mario is looking awesome. I think he's going to be someone that can contribute on both ends of the floor. But as far as just the the roster depth right now, we have way more guys that play Mario's position, and Skull is going to be needed to have some big minutes. So. Uh, hopefully the answer is Skull as far as what the Blazers need as a team going forward. Next question from Amber Michelle at Woe Black Betty. We all know I'm very worried about Zach Collins. That's right. Amber wrote in last week uh, about Hold her on. beefcake crush, Zach Collins. Is So she writes in, anybody else now playing the song in their head? Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Whoa, Black Betty. Oh. Every time, every time oh. she yeah, writes it's, in. It's in. It's in there. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, It's dude. like Baby Shark. It just gets stuck right there. <laughs> No, for sure. Every time she writes in uh, for any of our questions, I start doing that. That the, the kind of the clap on the knee on the offbeats over here. Uh, but yeah, what do you guys think as far as the worry about Zach Collins? What is your worry level at on from one to ten? How worried are you about Zach? Uh, Ryan, what do you think? Or uh, Ty? Someone? Six and Get a half. Football game. <laughs> I was trying to. I was half. trying to guess that right there. I'm trying to think. 
it really bases after the surgery because they said they don't have a timetable for me until after the surgery. So if it comes out and they say the surgery, like Ryan was saying earlier, was just to make sure all the ligaments and everything's good, then it's going to be a quick two, three-week process. It'll be back. Then I'm not that worried about it. But if it's like, yeah, we went in, we had to remove some stuff, we had to move stuff around, it didn't look good, now his recovery might be a month or two, then I'm going to be worried. Yeah, I'm going I'm to put mine at about like a solid like two and a half, three. Oh, I, not I, worried I, at all. And it's... No, no. If if this was midway through the season and he was playing an important role as he was before the injury, get this crap out of the way early. Get get all this injury shit out of the way as soon as you can. You're in your most difficult chunk of your schedule as far as like road games and travel and all that stuff. Blazers tail end of the season is extremely light. Get this shit done early. You maybe hover around 500 for a little while, come together afterwards and just, you know, barge through. That's a fair point, man. No, I, I hear you. It definitely uh, it is probably better to deal with this now than in the latter end of the season. Hopefully, we can get all of our guys healthy and all coming back, uh, and not have to deal with any more of this when we get towards like that February, March, April part of the year. Final question from Blazers in Five at Justin B. Leak: What's your favorite Blazers slash basketball related song of all time? This is pretty nice actually because they were last night at the seventies seventies uh, night game against Philly. Did you buy one? I did not buy one. I don't have that kind of expendable money right now, but they do have a vinyl. How much were they? Songs. I, I don't know offhand, but I don't think they were cheap. So how do you know you don't have that kind of expendable money? It could have been $2. Because, because I don't have any expendable money right now. <laughs> I am, I am a, budget is tight, my friend. Uh, it's that time of year. But no, I, I think it's, NBC I Sports, give that man a raise. <laughs> I don't think it was uh, anything that was too horribly expensive, but I'm guessing it was like, let's say, 40 50 bucks, something like that. That's probably even on the low end. What do you think? How, how much would you guess the price would be for that vinyl record of all the uh, old Blazer hits? 60 70 probably. Yeah, somewhere in there. I'm going to see if I can find this on this right now while we, <laughs> while we talk about this. So, so what's, the, uh, what's the favorite song? Uh, yeah, what's your favorite song? It's, uh, we got like Ripsity Rhapsody, Can I Get a Headband, Red Hot and Can I Get a Headband? That that is the sound of my childhood right there. Can I get a headband? That was a good one, man. I love that one. I, Ripsy Rhapsody was always one of my favorites. I just the, how <laughs> how bad it was. <laughs> how bad listening to all those guys uh, try and sing and get through, and then you get to the 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 rap first, and it just sounded like so much more crisp about it. Uh, Ryan, you find a price? Although on the, uh, no, I'm looking for it. But I was gonna say, as as far as songs go, I, I'm in full agreement with uh with Joe and and Casey. Uh, why is their theme song not on that? Oh, for Rip City absolutely. Report. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a classic. That's a well, you know, part of it could be the uh, the actual song itself is not totally family friendly, listener appropriate. Have you listened to the full I've version? Uh, I have listened to the full version. I've listened to the full version of most songs. Uh, there's not a lot of family. There, come on. I mean, it's pick your decade and. Yeah, yeah. I've, <laughs> let's just let's just say I'm not going to finish the statement that I want to make as far as <laughs> how people feel about words and things in this day and age. Yeah, that, that's there's there's certainly something to be said there. All right, uh, so that is the last. Oh, here, uh, what do you think, Ty? What's your favorite? Uh, um, did you say? Did I'm you on, say what it was? No, I don't. Uh, I can honestly say I don't know any. You don't know any of those old classics? What? That's no. right, you young kid. I am 22 Ryan, you years old. old? I turned 23. He's 22. I turned 23 oh in November. I'm podcasting with a oh. child. He's podcasting with a child over here, Ryan. <laughs> You're grounded. I'm turning 33 this month. Exactly. So you can, I don't am I know. The, I forget. Keith, am I the elder statesman now? No, I'm 35, bro. You're all hanging out with the youngin', right. but. <laughs> I'm We're not, not going to buy you a beer. I'm <laughs> you can buy me a beer. I'm I'm of that age. 
<laughs> yeah, I do enjoy I'm, my my liquor. I'm not ageist, man. We are all Blazers fans. We all we all are enjoy talking about the team. We all know what we're talking about. I'm good with it. But I can't believe Ty, you don't know any of these songs. I that do makes me miss so sad. the Mike and Mike. Didn't Mike and or not Mike? Yeah, I thought they had like a cool little theme song or like intro to. Da, 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 da. Well, I'll just go with that classic oh, one yeah. they use all the time. Love yeah, the, the classic Rip City theme. Yeah, dude. And actually, I wish I had my watch on right now because I have a thing uh, on my smartwatch when I can't find my phone. Uh, my phone locator plays that Rip City theme. So that like blasts that's out like, full volume. That's my song. So, the, all right, cool. That's a good answer. Theme. Uh, Seven, the Rip City theme. Rip City Rhapsody. 75? $75. All right, Ty, you nailed that price. You were pretty cool. Well, you know, 77 was pretty close too, but my initial guess is 50 was a little low. Uh, yeah, so I didn't. I do not have the expendable budget for that right now, but I'm okay with it, man. Most in this... Vinyls are fun, but in this digital age, uh, you know, the internet is out there, so I'm good with it. God, this is going to come down to Adam Vinatieri, isn't it? <sighs> yep, the 45-year-old Adam Vinatieri. <laughs> you know it is, Ryan. We got All right, enough of, your, <laughs> enough of your football bets. Uh, we had four listener questions right in, uh, over, and we got some of those earlier in the show, but that is from Lawman Wyatt Slurp. Look at this nerk, Amber Michelle, and Blazers in five at Justin B. Leak. I'm going to randomnumbergenerator.com. Shout out to the last two card winners have not sent us their addresses, so either they are slacking or they're not what? listening. So. Oh, <laughs> calling them out. Flip side, flip side. I won two cards on the last iteration of Trailcasters. Still waiting. What? Oh, Ryan, damn. I can take care of you. I can send you two cards. Look at that. I am. Tie and TD I sports I got, cards. I believe you know. I won an Anthony Simons and a Myers Leonard. So. <laughs> hey, you know what? We'll talk uh, about I, the Simons. <laughs> That's why Ty and TD Sports Cards picking up the Trailcasters debt here, and I gotta say too, I'm pretty sure that I might still owe you guys a beer or something like that for uh, from last time I was. Oh, because that's what it was. No, I owed you beers, no, no, no. and then the episode got canceled. Gold, I was supposed to come and join you guys and never made it. You you owed us for Goldner, and you did not bring them for Goldner, who was supposed oh. to pay you for them. So oh, that's we right. had Gold Mother. when we had Goldner on. Oh, <laughs> Ty's hold on! Out. I'm on a delay. I'm on a delay right Duh, now. But Ty's I, off the pod. He's when, leaving. <laughs> when I had Go- when I had Goldner on. Oh God! Now I don't know. Now I can't tell how his reaction is. Don't break this. But uh, Goldner paid his bet, so you're good. Okay, okay. So you have the beer. For the love tile. of God, man! Who <laughs> <laughs> bricked it? Why? I can't see the screen, oh. but I'm just watching your two reactions. We have I have one guy. Ty's leaning back with his hat on. Ryan is leaning oh. forward with his hat on, but like hand head in hands from both Vinatieri. of you. I don't know what game you're watching. Stupid football, who like this this crazy ass like other sport that doesn't even really matter because this world's all about oh basketball. But you guys, <laughs> oh, is that's the that is the holder's fault. That is the holder's fault. He put laces Lace, at his boot. laces out. <laughs> he went laces in, laces completely in. That is the holder's fault. He spun oh it God. so the laces were in. Oh, are they really doing this? Are they doing this on TV right now? They're showing the laces the wrong way. I didn't realize that was a real yes. thing. That's great. I love it. You know it is. All right, listen, we got our, our four listeners uh, that wrote in. Uh, well, there goes my parlay for the day. Lawman Wyatt Slurp, look at this nerk, Amber Michelle, and Blazers in five, Justin B. Leak. I'm going to random.org, doing one through four on the number generator, and it is number two. So that is look at this nerk at Apocalypse Plocks. Uh, Ty, you got a card from this week? What do we, uh, what do we, what do we have for Apocalypse Blocks? Arvidas Sabonis card. Yes. Oh, oh beautiful. Oh, I meant that's the one I got, not the, uh, oh, not the Amber Science. That. That, that, no. 
That's tasty. I like it. All right. Thank you, listeners. And remember, you can write us at any time about anything, preferably Blazers. We will take all of your messages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Trailcasters. You can find me at Rip City Keith. You can find Ty Delbridge at, at Ty Delbridge or check out TD Sports Cards to check out these cards directly. Ryan Whitty Whitledge, where can they find you and your work, sir? So uh, you can find me at uh, the witty Ryan W H I T T Y Ryan on Twitter. Uh, you can find my podcast show page uh, at Blazer Tag PDX. Uh, find my writing on uh, Off the Glass. Excellent, and you can uh, always write Trailcasters as well. Uh, an email at trailcasters at gmail.com. Find our pod on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, anything out there. And if you can't find us, let us know. We will get it there. Ty, what are we always looking for? Five stars. That is correct, and Odar's music can be found at soundcloud.com slash odarbeats. Always support your local beat makers. In closing, thank you, your honorable listeners. That's it. That's our show. Thank you, Ty, as always. Thank you to Odar for those fat beats. Thank you to our sponsors, Envy Adventures and Clear Speaking. And, of course, thank you, Ryan Witty Whitledge of Blazer Tag Podcast and Off the Glass for joining us today. Thank you, listeners, for a great listening. We hope you enjoy your Blazers, your Rip City basketball, and our latest episode. Thank you again, and please come back next week for the next edition of the Trailcasters. Trailcasters. Woo! Awesome. Woo. Hour and a half pod. Nice job, guys. Thanks for uh, making it through all that rambling. 